You're on Radio 1, 91 FM, Overgrown. And in the news this week, we have heard a call from the Auckland Deputy Mayor for a national conversation about decriminalization. Uh, Something others have said in the past, but usually not a politician with so much gravitas, and uh, it's managing to get in the media. Maybe it is time we had that conversation, and we are going to have that conversation right now with Penny Hulls, the Deputy Mayor of Auckland. How are you, Penny? I'm, it's lovely to, to be with you and lovely to have a chance to talk sensibly about this. I've just been reading online some of the rather insane media that's happening here in Auckland and um, feeling a little bit depressed. So let's have a reasoned conversation. I look forward to it. Yes, well, it's it's not often that we get to uh, have a, you know a high caliber politician who represents such a large number of people in New Zealand actually having a rational conversation about this topic. Um, good on you for speaking up. Oh, thank you. I, um, you know, I I hadn't realised that it it would turn out to be such a big deal. It, to be honest, it seemed like a completely sensible and um, a bit of a no brainer, really. That as we we're attempting to deal with the whole issue of legal highs now, illegal highs, that, you know, we, we left with somewhat of a void and it seemed to be the right time to say, well, let's have a look at what may transpire to be a, a safer alternative being, you know, conventional marijuana. And it does seem like the obvious answer. Uh, even John Campbell came to that conclusion. But let's just uh, understand a little more about how this story took off. I mean, uh, I don't suspect that from your office in the deputy mayor you were going and doing any press releases, and it appears as though maybe you just made some comments during a council meeting and the media has gone into a frenzy. Is that the case? That's exactly what happened. We were um, having a a meeting of our, our community safety group, and part of the, the discussion was around looking at the policy for how you, you know, set up where the shops that sell legal highs can can be set up. And we're, we're pushing on with the policy because the government has said, you know, they will be gradually releasing um, legal highs as they, they sort of test to try and find some that they can deem safe for sale. This is a, you know, sidebar discussion. I think that's completely bonkers because... Without legitimate um, and and sensible and, and rigorous scientific testing, I, I don't think anyone can ever prove those things safe. So, you know, that, that's part of my concern. But I, I simply made the comment that whilst we were looking at this policy, the only reason that I was supporting us carrying on with the policy was perhaps to prepare for a regulated point of sale for decriminalised marijuana and that that might be a, a sensible thing to look at. And... <laughs> it all just kind of spiralled from there, which which kind of took me by surprise. And so and, let me get yeah. this straight. I mean, uh, yeah, you made these sort of you know comments in the context of uh, a larger council meeting of the working group on legal highs, and there yep. was a gallery reporter who decided to put it on the front page of the Herald or something. There was. So Simon Collins is a good reporter from the Herald and he, he asked me afterwards to clarify what I meant and I said, yep, absolutely, you know, having listened to um, neurologists, toxicologists, um, frontline, you know, drug drug workers, CADs, users, families of users, it, it just 
struck me that, you know, what we were doing at the moment wasn't working and I was just calling for, you know, some reasonable discussion in the same way that suddenly the time was right to talk about decriminalisation of prostitution and I think we came to a good result there and same with same-sex marriages, you know, thank God good country being that we are we have reached sensible conclusions and I hoped we'd do the same with marijuana. Um, I didn't expect to find myself on the front page of the Herald yesterday um, taking up the entire front page of the, the paper with the rather large tattoo that I have on my back, taking up a quarter of the page with a very large marijuana leaf next to it so yeah, it's been an uncomfortable 24 hours really and now you're a relatively uh, straight politician. You're not a druggie, but uh, the Herald <laughs> sort of tried to take a, an old picture of you from a time when you were uh, sort of expressing solidarity with a fired airline worker because yeah. she had a tattoo, and you were showing, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the deputy mayor of Auckland, and I also have a tattoo, and they've sort of yeah. juxtaposed that with a cannabis leaf uh, full page on the print edition of the Herald, and the crowd goes wild. Well, you know, remarkably, a, a kind of 55-year-old grandmother with a tattoo kind of makes the front page on the same day that we have the budget. You'd have to say that says a lot about the, the New Zealand Herald. But, um, you know, the, the reality is there are the same tired and sad old cliches being trotted out. You know, if you're from West Auckland and you have tattoos, of course, you're going to support the stoners. What I'm trying to do is to say I don't want that conversation to be formed up like that anymore. Let's take that mature well-reasoned, scientifically-backed discussion, put it out there amongst a, a group of academics, experts, and and just see where we get to with this. And luckily, I, I've had people like um, Professor Ian Shaw from Canterbury University, the wonderful Max Abbott, ex-chair of the Mental Health Foundation, all of these people have offered to, to participate in a high-level think tank and actually take the discussion forward. Well, that's that's uh, very promising. And I think, um, you know, if you follow the discussion online and social media, there's a lot of positive support. I mean, maybe it's just the sources that I look to. And, you know, over the years recently, uh, given legalization in Colorado, proceeding with, you know, very little sort of ill effects, uh, given the discussion around medical marijuana, we've seen a lot of media um, about that in New Zealand this year, plus the ex insane situation with synthetics versus the least, the less harmful option of natural cannabis. Um, it really seemed like the public was ready to have this discussion that, um, you know, we were mature enough, but the national level politicians, um, you know, have been basically running scared and I think they feared this, um, you know, historical paradigm that we've had of the media going into a feeding frenzy. And yeah. some of us thought that maybe we were a little bit past that. And uh, some of our journalists understood these arguments and had grown up a little bit. Um, but it seems like maybe that's not the case. Uh, you stuck your head above the parapet and immediately uh, people are coming to bite it off. Um, most of the reaction that I've seen, as I said, on social media is positive. But uh, you've been getting a bit of flack as well. Yeah, and, you know, I, um, I, I'm i trying not to, to to buy into that. You know, if for me, I take my role as a, as a city councillor pretty seriously. I've been doing this for 20 years, and, you know, I, I 
should have grown a thicker skin by now. Obviously, I haven't because I've been pretty shaken by the approach that the Herald's taken. But looking beyond that, if we get scared off every time we're attacked by the media, then I don't think we will ever make positive change. I look at Lewis Wall pushing through the same-sex marriage bill. You know, um, the again, the, the people who did the fantastic work on around prostitution. The media will tear us to shreds, but we just need to keep going. But the hard thing is... <laughs> You know, as a politician, we kind of rely on on our good name and to be referred to as I am now um, as Stoner Hulse by the by the Herald. It's pretty offensive. Is is um, that the headline that they used? Or? That's well, I I just had a look at Bernard Orsman, the one of the reporters from the Herald, and he's tweeting with the, calling me Stoner Hulse, which you know you'd have to say, kind of I thought we'd outgrown that, and about you know. 12 or 13, I think we, yeah. you know, we move on from that. But as I say, I'm just going to take a deep breath over the weekend, spend my time over the weekend bringing together some of the, the fantastic people who've contacted me. And, you know, the one, the one thing out of this, it's, you know, I'm the kind of person, don't piss me off because I let you just make sure that it happens. So I will work to get that, that think tank up and running and we will have the discussion and we will move past the you know the same old cliches and hopefully we'll get a you know a good result out of the end of it and even if it it goes post-election so we get away from the heat and light of of the election you know we need to be in there for the long haul on this discussion because we're wasting a huge amount of time energy and money criminalizing people who shouldn't be criminalized and burying our heads in the sand you know Prohibition isn't working, and neither is the legal high debate the way to go. Well, that sounds very promising, and of course, uh, even if it's post-election, you've still got a couple more uh, years in your position, at least as deputy mayor, uh, for us to have this discussion. <laughs> well, for the moment, I, I have, you know, who knows, there might sort of be a, a, a quiet collective to get rid of that Stoner Granny from West Auckland, but, you know, I'm, I'm joking, and which is the only way to deal with this is to kind of claim the word and laugh back but um, yeah it is it's a couple of years to say we've avoided it for long enough you know let's get stuck in and and do something because um, the fascinating thing for me whilst we had that 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 time when you know the legal highs were being sold we saw the visible face of the kind of people in our community who are going and buying and smoking and none of those people have gone away. You know, we've just driven them to, um, you know, we've recriminalised them and we've driven them to some bad places to go and buy what they buy. And that doesn't seem very sensible to me. It is this insane situation with legal highs that just, you know, brought it to everyone's attention. And you said yourself in the media that up until recently, um, you know, you you really thought that the legal status of cannabis uh, wasn't a huge issue or, you know, why would we yep. add another drug when we have all the problems of alcohol? Yep. To, to those of us who have followed the issue um, over the last decade, uh, it really seems as though, you know, this insane situation that no one can understand that has people like you and John Campbell saying, why don't we just legalize or decriminalize natural cannabis? It really seems that the people who are pulling the levers of drug policy in New Zealand are basically working backwards from the single premise of no change to the legal status of cannabis above all else 
And uh, anything else, you know, that will sort of shore up that possibility, let's just go for it, even if it means selling untested synthetic chemicals uh, to all and sundry. Yep, yep, exactly. And I think that for some of us who, you know, have have engaged in this actively over the last few months, the the reality of trying to do some, you know, sort of bizarre desktop um safety exercise around synthesized cannabinoids is just a you know it's a form of madness so we need to set that one aside which then has taken a whole bunch of us down you know a different thought process which is we aren't going to hide from the fact that people are getting you know they want to get off their face on something let's actually look at what alternatives there are where at least we can have a rational reasoned well-informed and scientifically based discussion Hence now the you know the discussion around marijuana, the decriminalisation versus um, legalisation debate is a complex one. I've talked to a few lawyers about it. Um, you know, it, it's not a straightforward issue, which is why we really need some good minds applied to it. So you know, I'm not offering up the solution, but saying let's unpack the whole damn thing and come up with a way forward. Well, and as you say, people do want to get off their faces. Uh, New Zealand is well known for it. And, uh, you know, the most popular drug is, of course, alcohol in our binge mm-hmm. drinking culture. Horrible harms experienced in Auckland. You guys are attempting to do, uh, you know, sort of a step in the right direction there in terms of restricting hours. And the same New Zealand Herald is saying you're going to kill the nightlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I found the kind of juxtaposition of those two stories within 48 hours absolutely fascinating. <laughs> so, you know, we we are that that for me just just highlights the the ridiculous nature of the of the two parallel debates. You know, if we were going to, if the proposition was to bring forward alcohol as a drug that we needed to make a choice about whether we were going to legalise and allow people to you know indulge. I doubt whether it would it would see the light of day. You know, it is a dangerous, dangerous drug with a huge amount of negative side effects, well documented. And, and of well course, understood. we've all seen the, uh, you know, our favorite gangster movies, and we know where prohibition ends up when it comes to mm-hmm. alcohol. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen our favorite gangsters in New Zealand uh, who seem to be making a killing off of cannabis prohibition. Yeah. Now, you say you came to it from a scientific background. Tell us a little bit about your science background and, and how your thinking actually changed on this subject from someone who, uh, to quote the Herald, loathed cannabis to someone who now wants to mm. have this discussion. Yeah, you know, I, look, as I say, you know, I'm 55. I've, you know, been around for a long time. I've gone from the sort of, you know, going through a time where everyone smoked cannabis and it was just part of part of life and then suddenly you become a parent and now I'm a grandmother and, you know, all of that that the worry about what it might mean to my kids and their family. It's all part of the mix, you know, so I I I have to own that and say ideally, you know, it just wouldn't exist at all. The part for me that, that really was when the, the lights went on for me was once we started having the debate about synthetic cannabis and the ridiculous discussion about whether you could do testing to prove safety or otherwise of synthetic cannabis without testing on animals. Now, I'm not going to get into the ethics of testing on animals, but I'm also, you know, 
sufficiently clear that a desktop exercise on whether or not these synthesised drugs were, were safe is, is just not going to stand up to any scientific rigour. So, you know, number one, I don't think that it's a worthwhile debate to say you can have safe um, legal highs. Number two, they aren't the answer. Number three, we've got all of the scientific papers going back for 50, 60, 70 years on the impacts of organic cannabis. Let's use that science rather than the shonky science around legal highs. Peter Dunn's original logic seemed to be, well, people are going to take drugs, we can't stop them, this cat and mouse exercise is going nowhere. Let's bring them into line uh, with mm. the pharmaceutical drugs, which are very dangerous if misused, that we allow you know, people to take uh, very frequently, and uh, subject them to the same sort of testing regime, um, even despite the fact that they don't really claim a therapeutic benefit other than sort of relaxation and you know, consciousness expansion. But now they've sort of reneged and say, okay, well, you have to test their safe, but you can't test them on animals, which means you can't mm-hmm. prove they're safe. It's a catch-22. And that's exactly it, which to me is kind of weasel words for an outright ban. And, you know, I'm, I'm intensely irritated by sideways decisions that end up with a, you know, a result that isn't completely transparent, but it's the result that people want. In other words, stop testing on animals require a rigorous testing regime it can't happen therefore it's you know a de facto ban and i just think that's fundamentally dishonest so you know let's let's not do that and let's go to you know a discussion around the the alternative what do you what do you think about this um insane frenzy and you know logical backflips being performed by peter dunn john key the 119 mps who voted for the legislation who are now scrambling to find any way to be able to sort of position themselves as being the ones who actually banned it we saw labor and Mm -hmm. peter dunn climbing over each other to claim credit uh for what's a step backwards in science and logic as far as public policy goes um it's it's very demoralizing why do you think the national politicians have left it to a local body politician to be the only one with the guts to speak up on this yeah, I, you know, I, I really take my hat off to Wellington, you know, and all the parties involved who try to grapple with this. The original, some of the original legal advice, scientific advice and medical advice they had was really good. The bit I think that got missed in the middle and it was sort of, you know, designed by a large committee was the unintended consequences of the legislation that w- was passed and the legislation as it was passed in the end didn't quite match up with all the the very good legal advice that they were given. So they left kind of loopholes and it was legislation of convenience rather than legislation of of rigour. You know, things then kind of went a bit pear-shaped. The wheels fell off things a little bit because I don't think it had been as well considered as it should have been. And coming in into an election year, everyone just kind of lost their bottle a little bit. And I can understand that. You know, I, I drove home tonight and had a good cry. I felt pretty beaten up today, and um, it's not fun. And if I was facing an election, I'd be a little bit shaky. I can understand why they are, but I, I still don't think that suddenly banning was the right thing to do. We, we were 
the reason why I set up our working party on legal highs was for us to try and work a way through this with the legislation that, that we had to work out a more sensible way to cite the outlets, to work with our community around sensible education and, and drug use prevention. And once we had you know, our users visible and safe, to work with the people who kind of wanted to come off this. I saw it actually as an opportunity to do some good stuff. And up until a couple of weeks ago, Peter Dunn was actually crapping on local body politicians, saying it's their fault that <laughs> things are the way they are. Uh, now he's basically said, you guys go do all this work. Oh, wait, you don't need it yeah. anymore. Yeah, we're kind of used to that space. It's, you know, governments of, of whatever colour, when things get tight, they just blame the council. So we just go, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll just get on with it. Now, it's said in the Herald that you come from a scientific background. What is that? Oh God, it's not very scientific. I think anyone who can read a, a, you know, a science paper and understand biochemistry and talk reasonably sensibly about brain receptors is seen to have a scientific background. I was an industrial lab technician and I'm married to a scientist, so we're a little bit nerdy. Oh, yep, yep. Well, uh, we can't say as much for some of our journalists and politicians. Do, do you have much hope? I mean, there are some national politicians who actually have this policy. Uh, there's other parties that, you know, for all intents and purposes, should have this policy but are kind of silent. Do you think they'll join this conversation or maybe only if it's after the election? I think being practical, leaving it till after the election is probably a good idea. You know, it's been a political football. If the Greens say it's a good idea, Labour will say, well, I don't know, and National will say, no, and you're nearly... I, I just don't think we need that, I think... Some of the people I've been, been talking to, you know, the scientists, the professionals, the, the medics, the addiction specialists, let's get those heads together and come up with a series of proposals and then work through with the next bunch of leaders that we've got. Well, this is uh, very, very promising news and we are going to definitely keep in touch with you and it's really good to hear such a reasonable discussion coming out. Um, you know, hopefully... Those people who who are doubters or who you know are whipped up into the frenzy, maybe we can uh, give them the link to the podcast and they can hear a little bit more reasonable. Uh, you know what a a 55 year old grandmother who happens to be deputy mayor of the largest city in New Zealand thinks, as opposed to a uh, tattooed Westie uh, who smokes deck. That is wonderful, and I have to say, you know that that probably the part that is the most hurtful. It's very easy to marginalise people and, you know, remove them from the debate when you sort of alter who they they are in the eyes of the public. So I really, really value the chance to, to put my um, to put my ideas forward and have a chance to talk about it with without being interrupted and Yelled at and and yeah, the um, national radio through. interview I really found appreciated. Vi- the national radio interview with you I I found very disrespectful. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'm just kind of um, losing perspective, but it didn't seem that bad to me. But you know, well, and I must. I guess yeah. I must say that, um, you know, the online version of the Herald didn't have the same imagery and didn't have any sort of sensational headlines. I mean, to a, to a normal person, you seem totally reasonable. But uh, given, yeah, given what you said about the print edition and, and the fact that that is sort of the paper of Auckland and spread all around, I, I can see what they were going for. 
Yeah, they certainly were. Anyway, it's um, today's fish and chip wrapper, and, and I'm going to move on, as I say, just put a little bit more steel in my spine to say, well, obviously, if it's created that much of a bow wave, it's got to be the right time to do it. And, you know, support from, from people like you is, is hugely appreciated and reminds me that it's, uh, you know, that's my job, really. If I'm just stuck with doing the easy stuff, there's not a lot of point to doing it. Well, I think I can uh, speak on behalf of many of the Otago University students tuning in right now. Um, you know, they always tell us we're the future. So um, I think you are doing the right thing. And, yeah, if if you are making waves, obviously something is going right. So, you know, keep your head up and uh, keep at it. And we're very, very glad to hear that you're in it for the long haul. And um, we're going to be watching this space. Thank you so much for joining us, Penny. Lovely. Keep in touch. Thanks, Abe. Cheers. Thank you. Talk to you later. That was Penny Hulls, the deputy mayor of Auckland, calling for decriminalization uh, despite the consequences. And uh, as she said, you know, a bit of a media beat-up from a few offhanded comments she made uh, or attempt to be a beat-up, but she's going to beat them up. So uh, we're going to help her. You're on Overgrown 91FM. This is the Nomad featuring Lotech.